Welcome to Backyard Broadway. I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. And tonight we're just talking about a Mod Podge of things, as I put it earlier. A.K.A. Abby doesn't know what's going on. No, and she never does. Nope. Um, just because I really wanted to record tonight for some... I, I wanted people interaction that wasn't just my wife. Fair. So, it's been a while since we've recorded anything. Yeah. So we're going we're, we're gonna to go through some Broadway news. We're going to talk about some... Some new Broadway casting choices. Mm-hmm. Um, some okay. movie musical casting choices that okay. have not officially been announced, That's but um, are extremely rumored, and um, the actress has basically confirmed, but not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I have some thoughts on some different things that I want to flush out. Okay. That doesn't sound weird at all. No, it doesn't. But this wouldn't be Backyard Broadway without something odd going on. <laughs> so, let's see. Where should we go first? Let's talk about the movie musical. It's Wicked. Uh-huh. So, we all know we have Glinda and Alphaba already. Yes. So, the two casting rumors that are going around is Madame Morrible and Fiero. Yes. Okay. So, Madame Morrible... They're saying that Hannah Waddingham, who's on Ted Lasso, she's done a lot of London theater. She was the Wicked Witch in the Android Weber Wizard of Oz. Okay. Um, you probably wouldn't know her from anything. I don't think she's done any musical theater stateside. Right. But anyways, she's phenomenal. She is the one that is rumored to be playing Madame Morrible. Okay. Um, she kind of had like a tweet that said she was getting ready to go into rehearsals for something, which rehearsals for Wicked have started. We just don't have the rest of the cast yet, mm-hmm. which we need. We need. Yeah, that'd be really nice. But the other one is for Fiero. So they're throwing out the name Charlie Puth. Puth? Puth. He's a singer of some sort. He's on TikTok more than I know him for his music. Um... He's got kind of like a bigger nose. That doesn't help me. I'm not being rude. I'm just stating a fact. I don't know who that is. I don't know what he sings. I don't know either. Um, And the other one is the guy who played, what's his name, in Bridgerton. Which which one? The, the, The one that marries Phoebe. What? Oh, the main one? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't remember his name either. Jean René something. It's it's a very French name. It is a very French name. But he is the other rumor, which I'm like, do him. He's pretty. Do him. He's pretty. I mean, cast him. Do <laughs> he's him. He's pretty. He's pretty. Was that a Freudian slip? Maybe. No. Um, do him. He's pretty. Cast him. Do him. Can he sing? I don't know. That's the other thing. He's pretty enough, apparently. He's pretty. He's pretty. Do him. Do him. Um, God. Every girl that listens to this is like in a heartbeat. I mean, he is very attractive. Yes. But other than that, like, people all over TikTok and social media are, like, throwing out who they think should play all these different roles. Yeah, I've seen some. And the only one that really sticks in my head is Andre DeShields as the wizard. Which I'm like, he was um, Hermes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, So. As the wizard? As the wizard. Which I could kind of see. And the, like, main point a lot of people are making is that he got his start in the original Broadway company of The Wiz as the wizard. That's true. And this would kind of be like a nod. the bookend to his career because mm-hmm. he's up there in age. Yeah. To play the wizard again in a different iteration of the Wizard of Oz. Right. I could see that. I I would hope for someone a little bit younger that could dance wonderful. Yeah. I'm not saying that Andre DeShields can dance. Oh, it, no, he can dance. But I'm just saying it, it would be... I think to get, like, to make that a fun number for the screen. Right. Because, in my mind, that's a number they're going to cut. Eh, I don't know. Maybe. Well, they've got to keep everything because they're making it two damn movies. They better fucking keep everything. Shh. You can get rid of dear old shiz. I don't care about that shit. Just play it in the background. Yeah. That's fine. Um, so, speaking of Hermes on Broadway. Yes. In Hadestown. They've just announced the new Hermes coming in in September. Yes. Is Lilius White. Yes. She's phenomenal. I love her voice. I've got one of her CDs on yeah. my I 
phone, not an iPod. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think it's inspired choice, inspired casting. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not as familiar with her work. And so I did a little Google, Google search thing. A Googie search? A Googie search. And I found out two things that I found very, very interesting. Okay. I'm sure you already know them. Well, tell me and I'll... What two animated films were she the voice actor in? Hercules. As? One of the muses? Calliope. Calliope. And? I probably know and it's just not coming to She was an extra in Anastasia. (gasps) Yes. Which is one of my all-time favorite movies. I was so excited when I read that. I I was so excited. Yeah. She, like I said, she's extremely talented. If you really want to hear her range, listen to Brotherhood of Man from the 1995 cast recording of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. She plays the secretary, and she sings, and she scats. And it's fantastic. But she also has an album. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's got a lot of... Oh, she was the main one. Old stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. Um, she also did the 2001 concert version of Funny Girl where they had different actresses for Fanny okay. Bryce throughout and she did Don't Run On My Parade. There's a video of that oh. on YouTube. Oh my God. Yes. Anyways. But I think because Hades Town is based on a myth and all we have are stories. Mm-hmm. They're not based on fact. Pathology. At me guys. At me guys. Um, I think gender bending some of these roles. I think it's a fabulous idea. Like the fates, they had, I can't remember his name, who stepped in, um, during the peak of COVID after it came back. Um, I think there's, shouldn't be no issue with gender bending those. No, I think it'll be fun. And the thing with Hades Town, it's, it's a reimagining of this, of yes. this story, right? That's like the whole thing is they read it, you know, they don't have conventional sets no. or costuming so why should they have conventional casting yeah and they set it to gorgeous music that has such a unique feel to it it's almost it's like it's almost like resonating like when you listen yeah. to it it's calming and resonate like it's so strange because you know it's like a high emotional moment when you listen to it but yet you still are like oddly calm yeah so I think casting Lilius White is a good choice, and I hope that we get at least a video of her singing way down to Hades Town. Oh my god, yes, please. Because it, it it just needs to happen. We need to be able to see it. I, like, want, I, I don't even care. I just want, like, a, can I just get, like, a cast album with her in it? Or just, like, some songs with her singing? Yeah, like, that's the I thing I don't even is, need a video. I just want to hear it. Is we get these great replacements in shows, and some people don't ever get to hear them. Because there's no cast album release for him. Mm-hmm. Like, I still would have liked to hear Jennifer Jennifer Nettles sing some of the Waitress songs. I know. Um, but who's the other one that I was like, oh, that's a good choice. It'll come to me later, and I'll yeah, 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 back yeah. to it. But, um, so, the Music Man's getting a cast album. I saw, finally. We're getting a cast album with the Music Man. Finally. Don't know when it's coming out. They just recorded it three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, something like that. It was while I was in the hospital. Yeah. So it was two weeks ago. Yeah. Um. So I'll get to finally hear Sutton Foster in this role and see what everybody's deal with that is. <laughs> like I know she's not like a huge soprano, and they yeah. brought down some of the numbers for her. Yeah. But I still want to hear it before I make that judgment. Like she was. I think a bad that's choice. fair. I think that's fair. I mean, Hugh Jackman was an okay choice, guys. He speaks things, anyways. Right. So the Devil Wears Prada opened no. on the bra- on on in Chicago. No, because you need to hear what I'm going to tell you because it's part of this Broadway tea that I found on TikTok. I don't know the guy's handle, or I would tell you all, but he gives Broadway tea. Um, reviews were favorable. Okay. Um, people on TikTok that have saw it had a good time. A couple of people I know that went up and saw it really enjoyed it. Um, but of course, it's an out-of-town tryout. It's full of things that can be changed. Right. Um, but according to this tea, it's not going to come to Broadway this season. It's going to hold off at least one season and be reworked before it comes to Broadway. Why? 
so that it's Broadway worthy. But I'm sitting here like, it's an Elton John musical. I don't think they're going to wait. No, I don't see why they should. I mean, if it's already getting favorable reviews and yeah. people are already liking it, what are they wanting to tweak for it yeah. to be Broadway ready? Like, I don't know. I don't understand what that means. I mean, from one of the one of my friends that saw it, she said that there were a couple of numbers that just fell flat. They okay. just didn't seem to really work well. Okay. And so they would probably re- rework those. Okay. And she said there were some scenes that you could tell the dialogue was pulled straight from the movie mm-hmm. and it just seemed very forced the way they were having to present it. Okay, well that's fair. Much Those like things. the coach in High School Musical on stage. Or everyone in High School or Musical. Or everyone. Um, uh, no, I mean that's fair though. If there are those things that they know they need to rework and get it ready, then that's totally fair. But if there wasn't anything that they really needed to rework and then, then I'm like, then what's Broadway ready? Yeah. Because I mean, how many, I mean, there have been What's tour ready? How many tours have exactly. we seen that were like, this bomb? Yeah. So, like, my thought on it is, it's Elton John. He's not going to let it wait a year. Mm-hmm. And two, the last two shows that did out-of-town tryouts and got favorable, favorable reviews, and then they decided, oh, we're going to hold off and we're going to retweak it to make sure it's it's really Broadway ready, never came to Broadway. Oh, yeah, no. And just died. Yeah. Beaches and First Wives Club, which ironically are both Bette Midler shows. <laughs> but Maybe another she wasn't in the actual Maybe, musical well, versions of them. Maybe but there's a reason those died off. I like the First Wives Club that I watched on Schmoop Tube. Yeah, but do you want to recall her speech at the Tonys? Yeah, yeah. She wouldn't have been in it. She wasn't in the musical it versions. Mean her. No, she I'm just, would have. She would have produced it and then still she would have had part speeches. Of it. I love Bette Midler. I do. I think she's phenomenal. I still don't appreciate her telling people off in her speech, but yes. that's just me. I'm so excited for um, Hocus Pocus 2. So let's talk about... And I think First Wives Club doesn't need to be a musical. I think it should just be a straight show. Yes, that would work as well. I liked the musical. I, it needed a lot of work. I think, it, I think trying to force something like... It's so, like there's so much good comedy in that. I feel like it could get lost with the music. Yeah, and they know? did they did a blend of new music and like you don't own girl group music like that. Of course, that song has to be in it. But um, so, but yeah, they they pulled that from sh- when it ended in Chicago, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna wait on Broadway and and tweak it a lot," and then it just died. Well, probably because they realized trying to force it to be a musical, it just wasn't gonna work. Yeah. Because sometimes what happens is when you take something like a movie and you want to turn it into a musical, sometimes trying to force songs into something that already has great chemistry and flow with dialogue makes it sound forced and doesn't make good. And, I mean, I could see with that show, with First Wives Club in particular, I'm like, the good parts to turn into songs would be like where they're repoing all of the One Husband stuff. And they're going through and... Oh, God, that was so funny. The repo and Annie buying out her husband's firm. Like the, like, and, revenge song? Yes, Morty getting pulled into the ice... The cooler. Oh, no. With the, Uncle no, Vito. No, that whole thing was they... Like, everything... They finally found out about it, like all the stuff. Oh, no, he wrote checks during that, that yeah. bit of scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, I think, like, that moment would make for a good musical number so that you can move through it... Without dragging it out. But there's not enough good moments in that no. movie for it to be considered a musical. No. You know, like that this that movie is so already so well made with iconic scenes and lines and themes. Yes. I mean, I just uh, I, I love it so much. But uh, I think trying to force songs into something like that. It's just, I think it do. I think they should look at it as a straight show. Yeah, I think it would do phenomenal. I think as it would do phenomenal, show. and I think that they can do like what I said with underscoring mm-hmm. is is move through those yeah. type of scenes that are supposed to be in different locations, yeah. back to back to back with underscoring. Oh my God, I can just like see it now, like three spotlights, like three like vignettes. As it goes on the stage, one after the other. Abby and I are going to start writing this. I'll, I'll find out. <laughs> so now let's let's move on to Scamilton. Oh, 
No. Are you, you talking about the one at the church? You, you heard about <gasps> Scamilton? Yes, I saw the TikTok. Oh my god. For those of you who do not Oh my god. Please let me all sue. Please. No, they are. Oh good. So, good. Thank God. So a church in Texas decided they were gonna put on a production of Hamilton. Mind you, this is after last Christmas when they put on a Christmas pageant with songs from Hamilton with words rewritten already. Oh, good. I didn't know they had done that. Now they've decided, or they did decide to do Hamilton, but they rewrote most of it to be a Christian show Uh and to include messages that are anti-LGBTQ. Yes. It's actually very disturbing. It's And it's god-awful. Incredibly disturbing. And (laughs) god-awful. It's so bad. So the pastor of said church put out a message that they had the permission to do this. No, they didn't. That they had permission to perform this, to put this show on. No, they didn't. This is false. Lin-Manuel has confirmed that this is a false statement from this pastor. There Uh are clips floating around TikTok. Yes. It's been taken off YouTube because they live streamed it is how everybody learned about it. Yeah. So it's been taken off of YouTube, but there are still clips floating around TikTok. Yes. It's awful. It's so bad. Like, they didn't even get people who could sing. No. Like, that one clip of the Skylar sisters. Yes. Oh, my God. My ears are bleeding. It was so, so bad. And they had to slow down the raps because no one could do the raps. Yes. Oh, it was, it's, and they had, like, a clip of, of Eliza at the end about, like, the orphanage. Yeah. And she's like, I introduced them to Jesus. And we're like, what? 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 So they received a cease and desist letter on... April 5th. They still performed it on April 6th, claiming that the cease and desist letter said that they still could. Lies. More lies. Lin-Manuel has now very professionally Mm -hmm. tweeted that it's in the lawyer's hands. As it should be. So he's not bashing it. He's not bad-mouthing it. He's not saying anything against it. No, no, I'll do it for you. It was god-awful. Because legally, that would be not in his favor. No. No, 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 no. But I'll do it for him. I'm fine with it. My opinion, it was bad. It was really bad. So, this girl on TikTok that I originally saw this uh, saw about this, she thought it was a legitimate production of Hamilton. <laughs> that, that it was it essentially work. a tour no. that was going to perform at this church as a charity. Oh, no. And then... They posted on the 5th that anyone who had tickets for the live stream were going to be refunded, but it would still be available on YouTube for them to watch. Huh? Essentially, you had to email them and say, please send me my refund and the code to watch it. So she asked for the code. She watched it. She's one of the first ones that put up this clip of the Skylar sisters. It was bad. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. And I was like, oh my God. And then more and more started coming up about it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I think it was two or three days after the first post. Yeah. When then Manuel finally stepped in and was like, this has happened. The, the Dramatist Guild came yeah. in and they were like, a writer's work is a writer's work. You do not have permission to perform it without that writer's permission. Yeah. There's a and reason changing there's words. And, yeah. There's a reason there's rights and royalties in place for yes. these things. And changing words is wrong altogether. Yeah. Which we know from doing community theater. We've seen the contracts. We've seen, you know, Filming, the little blip the, yeah. in the I mean, there are some shows that they have different versions of that show. So you can pick which one works best for your community or whatever you're yes. doing. But you can't go in and like add back in songs that they cut out. Yeah. Or rewrite lines and things. Like, you can't Make do that. Make it a completely anti-Semite <laughs> show. It was, um, I mean, I think there was even a clip on TikTok, like, in this mod, mod podge thing that I watched, where it, maybe it was, like, Amber or one of them made some weird, bad comments about homosexuality. Yeah. And it was just, it was really yeah. uncomfortable and just um, bad. Even if it was a legitimate show. As a legitimate show, as just any show, it was bad. Yeah. My regardless of content, it was just a bad. It, it was just bad talent and bad, bad everything. 
So I will say, because I, I'm on Theater Talk, and somehow I got on the Thirst Trap Talk. Don't know how that happened. Well, you are a but, Thirst Trap. <laughs> you're an asshole. I know. Um, since Lin-Manuel's treat, treat, tweet, tweet, the amount of clips have dissipated. People are still talking about it. Trust oh, yeah, me. yeah, People will be talking about this for years. Well, here's the thing. People respect Lin-Manuel Miranda enough that he's like, this is in their hands. Like, they're not going to keep spreading it or, yeah. you know, anything like that. And this is one of those situations, like, where he would look at this and be like, well, if people are going to do this to my work, why do I want to put anything else out? Yeah. And we don't want Lin-Manuel to stop. We want him to keep giving us great works of theater. I mean, they're phenomenal. Because he can do that. We saw it within the Heights. We've seen it with Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Like, we know he is able to do this. And he directed the Tick, Tick, Boom movie, Mm -hmm. which you weren't a fan of, but the cinematography was great. The direction was great. Oh, I had no problem with how the movie was made. I just, the content itself wasn't really my cup of tea. So we know that Lin-Manuel is a force to be reckoned with. We don't want him to stop because some idiot decided, you know what? We're going to take Hamilton because the entire libretto is in the coffee table book. Yeah. And we're going to make it our own. And we're going to change the message of the story. Clearly, they didn't understand what the message was no. to begin with. No. Like. So, I mean, yeah, like, your takeaway from this little discussion, if you're doing a show, don't ever change the words. Or add things. Or, or add things, things. Or take things you away. You shouldn't make any edits at all. If, you're, if you want to film it, most rights and royalties company have media rights available that you can purchase. But that doesn't mean you get to sell it. That's for you to film it for your archives or for the cast. Yeah. Not for you to sell. Yeah. People, you know who you are. (laughs) Moving on. So apparently we have a Marvin Gaye musical in the works. Oh. From his son. Oh. So that could turn out really interesting. You know, going back to the Lin-Manuel Miranda thing really quick, I think his next big musical should be about the LGBTQ community. Yes, it should. Because... Just because. Moving on to our our next piece of tea that has not come true yet. Apparently, A Strange Loop is getting ready to post a closing notice. I'm not surprised if it does happen. Nobody's surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. It it went the way of Be More Chill. Yeah, very much so. It succeeded off Broadway, and they brought it to Broadway, and... It yes, it won the Tony Award for Best Musical, but also the fanfare for it has just like died. Yeah, like all summer, I've heard nothing about a strange loop. I haven't even heard anything about it when it was actually on until the Tonys. So I mean, you know what I mean, like there was nothing about it ever. No, until the Tonys, and I was like, I don't even know what this is. Because like usually, you know, they're posting clips, they're posting nothing. photos, nothing. Like it was, oh, here's opening night of a strange loop. Okay, great. What else do we got? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Um, Olivia Newton-John passed away. Oh. Star of Greece and Xanadu, not on Broadway. No. Um, it's been really sad seeing all the celebrity messages pop up I on know. TikTok. The original Frenchie from the Grease movie posted one, and yeah. I was like, "Stop it!" I know it's sad. Stop. It's sad. Which I mean, it's. It was a shock, but it was also, she's battled breast cancer for years and years and years. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was one of those things, but it was still a very sad moment. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've told you to listen to it yet. Between the Lines is an off-Broadway musical. Okay. I can't really tell. I wonder if the synopsis is in here. Uh... Between the Lines centers on Delilah, an outsider in a new town and a new school who seeks comfort in the pages of her favorite book, where she feels heard and understood. God, we can totally feel on that one. There's a reason I'm on book talk. But as the lines between fantasy and reality begin to blur, Delilah has to confront whether she alone has the power to rewrite her own story. Interesting. And it's based on a Jodi Picoult novel. Okay. Um, so they're releasing a full cast album. Oh. There is an EP of some of the songs on Apple Music, and they're really good. But the music is really pretty. I really like it, so I'm excited for that cast album to come out. Um, so let's talk about the Into the Woods revival. 
I've heard really good things. I've heard really great things. It's essentially a staged concert. Yeah. Um, not as concerty as Chicago, but it's it's got more staging to it. Their cow is awesome. Yes, their cow is amazing. It's so good. It's amazing. It's so fucking good. I was like, I saw a picture of it. I was like, what the hell? That's so cool. So as of right now, it has extended through the fall, and the entire cast is extended with it. Oh, that's awesome. But there's talks that it's going to extend into an open-ended run. Oh, wow. And become kind of like Chicago, where they're able to throw the big names into these roles oh, for people to want to come see it. Which, I mean, there are a lot of people out there who love Into the Woods. Yeah. It's a two and a half hour show I don't ever need to sit through again. It's really long. It's really long. Um, I would say some of the songs aren't fun. Like, some of the songs are fun. Yeah, some of the like, songs are really fun. You love the witch's rap? Yes. Beans, um, beans, like nothing but beans. Okay. But, and then the, the woman that they've casted as the witch. Patina Miller. Is amazing. Yes. Like, I've seen clips of her. Of her singing Last Midnight. Oh, my, oh my God. God. It's it's crazy. I am hoping that Heather Headley, who did it at City Centers before it transferred to Broadway, mm-hmm. will come back at some point and play the witch. Because her clips were also phenomenal. Yeah. But, I mean, there is a whole parade of Broadway talent they could bring in. Some of the people that they're talking about. Stephanie J. Block and her husband oh. as the baker and the baker's wife. Yeah. Um, Aaron Tveit as one of the princes. Oh, yeah. Aaron Tveit as one of the princes. That'd be funny. Like, all these names are being dropped, you know, because they're, they're like, it's going to become the new Chicago. It's essentially a stage concert. And they can just keep throwing names well, in it. Well, they're doing it as, like, a come. stage concert, it probably maybe made it feel shorter. I'm not saying it is shorter, but maybe, like, made it No, they, they have to put, they had to put signs outside the doors that say... Don't go anywhere. There's another act. <laughs> like Joshua Henry, who is one of the princes, like did a, did a TikTok video where he's like, hey, guys, so many people leave during our intermission that we had to put these outside. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, though, because of the way it's written. Yeah. Like, you think this show is over at intermission because of the way it is written. Yeah. Even the movie, like when it got to where intermission should be, like – my brother and sister were ready to go. They were like, yeah. oh, it's over. And I'm like, no, there's still like another hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Guys, sit down. Sit yeah. Down. Um, but they did like, I feel like they did that on purpose though for like people that want to bring their kids. Like you see the happy part at the beginning. Yeah. And the kids can see that. And then you take them home at intermission. You take them home and then you can drop them off with the babysitter and have someone pick them up and watch the second act. Cause the yeah. second act is definitely more for adults. than yes, kids. Very much so. But, like, it's not that I don't want to see this become the new Chicago. But I just want to see the cow. (laughs) I would love for this version to go on tour so I can see the cow. Yeah, we want to see the cow. But it's also, like, because the orchestra is on stage. Right. You've seen the pictures. And they're moving throughout all of that. And they've got trees that come down and things like that. And I just think the way that they've staged it as a concert would be interesting to see as well. Yeah. So, hopefully it would go on tour. I don't know. Because having, you know, an orchestra like that on stage is cumbersome. But we'll see. But, I mean, there are, there is word that two other Sondheim shows are coming to Broadway this season. Mm -hmm. Albeit in the spring. Mm -hmm. Sweeney Todd and Merrily We Roll Along. Which, Merrily Roll Along is a super big shock. Because the name attached to it. Right. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Which I'm like, that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be absolutely amazing if it's true. But it didn't do well the first time around. Yeah. And yes, they would have Harry Potter attached to this. But it doesn't mean that people are still going to come see it. Because if you don't know Merrily We Roll Along, it's told in reverse chronological order. Yeah. It's, It's told from the end to the beginning. Yeah. Of this friendship. And if you're not aware of that, aware, and you're not keen on that type of storytelling, you're gonna feel lost really quick because if you you're don't gonna like see the last five years and don't see this. Yeah, because you're gonna see characters like in the first act that disappear because they're earlier in their life and they they've not met them. Yeah, and I mean they're doing the film version. Of course, it's not gonna come out for another twenty years, but 
whatever. Yeah, um, Just whatever on that one. I'm not even going to hype that one up because it's like you're making us way too long. Yeah. Um, but Sweeney Todd will be interesting because they just did that concert version yeah. with a deaf Sweeney. Yeah. Um, which I found very interesting. Which I didn't read the full article. I don't know if it was a fully ASL production where everybody was doing ASL. Mm-hmm. Because he had just done... He played um, Theo in Only Murders in the Building. Oh, okay. Um, Nathan Lane's son. Yeah, 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 He had just done The Music Man at a theater, and he was the only one doing sign language. Mm-hmm. Somebody was singing for him, of course. Right. Like The Hunchback. Right. Um, so... If that's what they're going to take to Broadway, that would be super interesting. But if they're going to bring Sweeney Todd back. Yeah. I love the 2006 revival, guys. But people didn't get it. No, I didn't get it. People didn't get it. Andrew had to explain it to me. I had to explain it to a bazillion people. I didn't get it. But in my defense. You weren't familiar with Sweeney Todd to begin with. I wasn't familiar with Sweeney Todd at all. You had to have been... Familiar with Sweeney Todd to realize that the Toby you were seeing in the 2006 revival was the same Toby, quote unquote, different actor, same Toby from the original show. Mm -hmm. But now it's a couple years later. He's in a insane asylum. And this is essentially him telling the story to the other inmates and them acting it out. I didn't get any of that. But granted, again, they had no other real introduction to Sweeney Todd at that point in my life. And I wasn't like I was I was. I love musical theater and shows and things like that, but I never, like, had a way to, like, fully immerse myself and, like, really read about it and things like that. And so I was just like, I don't know what this is, and it's really weird, and I don't like it. Sweeney Todd is is one of my, my loves, and I would love to see a revival come back through. Because I would like to see the shows its way as it, the way it's supposed to be presented. I would love to see a version of it that's not a deranged Batman retelling. Yes. So the, the where reason, they all play weird instruments on stage. So the reason that one is being thrown out as a possible revival come the spring is because they just did it at the Muni. Oh, with Carmen Cusack from mm-hmm. Brightstar mm-hmm. as Mrs. Lovett, which I think was inspired casting because she is phenomenal and has such a wide range. Um, but I think because of that, they're talking about it being a revival. Assassins was thrown around a little bit because they had the off-Broadway one that was really successful. A mosquito on your face. Get away. You're just going to die. My blood is full of nicotine. (laughs) (laughs) Which Assassins... I don't think Assassins at this time in our society... At this time in our society is a good idea. No. And... I wasn't a fan of the Revival's cast album. They slowed down everything. I just, I mean, even when, like, you all did it in community theater, people walked out at intermission. Well, they, they were also shocked, and because Clarksville made us add an intermission, it's meant to be a 90-minute one-act one, one act show. But I'm just saying, like, even people then walked out on your show. Yeah. We're how many years later? In a much more well, that was sensitive climate. Also... The same year as Brock's second term, that election year. Mm. It was that election year we did it because we thought it was pertinent because of the election. Yeah. Not because anybody was talking about assassinating anybody. Right. But because of the election. Um, It is a really good show. It has a really great message. But right now, in this social climate, no go. No go. Sweeney Todd's even pushing it just a little bit. Just a little. A little bit. But Sweeney Todd is one of those macabre shows that people flock to. I feel like it's like, well, no, the thing with Sweeney Todd, though, it's an established show. Most every, most people know Sweeney Todd, whether it's from the movie, which I know you don't want to talk about, or from actually seeing the show. I almost watched the movie the other day. Just because you really needed to see it? Just because it's been a long time since I've watched any iteration of Sweeney Todd. Now, I have the original Angela Lansbury DVD. I have the Patti Lapone concert with Neil Patrick Harris. And I have the movie. That's all I could think and about. And then I have two non-musical versions from, like, pre-1960. Well, like, the whole reason I brought it up was because... <clears throat> 
people recognize the name Sweeney Todd. People do not recognize the name of assassins. No. So people already know what to expect with Sweeney Todd. And so I feel like it's a little more in this social climate, people are more willing to accept it because they already know what to expect. They don't know assassins and they don't know what's going on in it. They don't know what to expect. They will walk out. Like I I think with assassins, which happened with our production of it, a lot of people saw the name of it and their interest was peaked. They looked it up. They were like, oh, this could be fun. And then they come in and they see how dark it is. Mm -hmm. Like there's humor throughout it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There are very funny moments throughout the show, but it's also very dark. Yeah. Like you have Sam Bick, who is the guy who tried to assassinate Nixon. I played this role. He's got two giant monologues where he's essentially cussing out Nixon's administration, where he's cursing out Leonard Bernstein at one point. Yep. Like, it, it's jarring. Very, yeah. Like, the, there's, in the booth scene, he, you know, kills himself, even though that's not how it really happened. No, that's not how it really happened. You know, you see that on stage, and people were taken aback by it. It's, I don't think that would, pl- I think it would pique people's interest, be like, ooh, what's Assassin's? I think it would do better off-Broadway. Yeah, and it did. Yeah. It did, and I think that's where it needs to stay. Yeah, I think it needs to stay in a, like, off-Broadway, where it's, the more experimental shows are more widely accepted. I don't think it should come to actual Broadway. No. I think if it comes to actual Broadway, it it's going to be a PR nightmare. And it it was on Broadway in 2004. So that election year, it was on Broadway. Yeah. But it had star power to it. Yeah. It had Neil Patrick Harris. It had yeah. Michael Cerberus. It had Will Swenson. It had, not Will Swenson, Mark Kudich. Right. It had people that the Broadway community and outside the Broadway community recognized. Yeah. So they were like, ooh, this is interesting. And their take on it, which is what we did, was that it was essentially at a carnival. And they were, you know, I I mean, one of Bix's lines, where's my prize? Where's Mm -hmm. my prize? And I, I think that intrigued people in 2004, which led to a positive revival then not really a revival because it never played broadway before then it was just off broadway but that's a whole different podcast um so that was successful for that reason right Right now it would not no i don't think it's a good i don't think this is the right social climate for it i mean for like mainstream broadway yeah off broadway yes maybe community theater because there are some very avant-garde yes. out there community theaters. Like the Phoenix up in Indianapolis, I yeah. think, should do Assassins. They have the perfect space for it. Yeah. Like, I think those kind of environments, that would be fine. But I think, like, regional tours and mainstream Broadway, I don't... I think Assassins are off the table yeah. for right now. Is off the table right now. Uh-huh. That makes me wonder if, if the, the 2004 version, Broadway version, went on tour. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up. Um, um, but yeah, but with, yeah. with Merrily, I think Merrily would serve off Broadway better. It's because it's again, avant garde. It's, it's the storytelling. It, 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 yeah, and like I said, if you couldn't get through the last five years, you're not going to like Merrily Move real yeah. long. Now, yeah. the main difference between those is that last five years is two different timelines moving in opposite directions. In opposite directions. Merrily is one timeline just going backwards. I'm just saying if you don't like weird timeline yeah. storytelling, like the last five years, you're not going to like Merrily. Yeah. So that's that, that, that on that. Um, we got new leads in Chicago. <laughs> one of which is a transgender actress. Yeah. The first to play Roxy Hart. Um, I've, I've heard that she is phenomenal. Good. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that progresses. If that's going to be something, because the role of Mary Sunshine has always been played by a man lip syncing. Yeah. Or by a man who has a strong falsetto. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to kind of change the way that part is viewed. Right. Now that we've got. This transgender actress playing Roxy. Yeah. You know, because we've had the issues with Miss Doubtfire and Tootsie and things like that. Which, I'm, we're not going to get into yeah. that right here. Um, 
So Beanie Feldstein finally left Funny Girl. Yeah. Julie Banco has taken over until Leah Michelle comes in in September. Julie Banco is the funniest person. <laughs> she's on TikTok. So there's a scene where she's trying to get something back from Nikki Arnstein. And Beanie would just go grab it in his hand and be like, just give it to me. But it's a mirror. And Julie's choice for this is to karate chop his arm. Well, the first two times she did this after Beanie left, she broke the mirror. (laughs) The first time she broke the mirror, it broke into seven pieces, one of which got caught in one of the footlights. (gasps) Causing it not to be able to go all the way down, which then led to actors trying to stomp on it to get it to go down so that they could dance where they were supposed to dance, breaking it thus further. And she's telling the story and she's like, well, what if I just keep doing it, but not as hard? (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God. But she's, I mean, she's a very genuine actress too. She's very grateful to have Mm -hmm. this opportunity to have been the standby for Beanie and to now be taking on the role for a month and a half until Leah Michelle steps in. And she's still going to be Leah Michelle stand in Mm -hmm. because I think Leah is only doing seven a week and she'll do the other one. But we've talked about that whole debacle, um, which Jane Lynch just announced she's leaving on Sunday yeah. instead of September whatever right. right before Leah Michelle comes in. Yeah. Just because her, her time's come. Yeah. She's, she's, she's ready. She's played it. She's done it. She's she's ready to go. Um, so there's going to be a DC production of Guys and Dolls. Okay. Which could potentially lead to a revival. Okay. So we've got... James Monroe Iglehart, the genie. Okay. As Nathan Detroit. Interesting. Jesse Mueller from Waitress as Adelaide. Okay. Stephen Pascal from Bridges of Madison County and the Robert Bridegroom as Sky Masterson. And his real life wife, Philippa Sue, as Sarah Brown. Yeah. Which I think is great casting. One, Jesse Mueller in a comedic role. Yes, please. Yes. Yes, we know she has the chops. She just has not gotten to do it on Broadway yet. Yeah. So, let's have this be really successful and then come to Broadway. Yeah. Because it's been a while since we've seen Guys and Dolls. Yeah, I the love The last that time show. it came to Broadway was 2009. Sit down, you're rocking the boat. Because if you remember that Tony Awards, the one where Brett Michaels hurt himself. <laughs> they did sit down, you're rocking the boat on there. Yeah. Um, and I, I like, it made, me, it made me, like, so happy. Yes. Lorelai Gilmore from the Gilmore Girls, Lauren Graham. Played Miss Adelaide in that production. Yes. As a brunette. I have issues with that. She's supposed but that's to be a blonde. Um, and it didn't last very long. And I don't think it was supposed to. I think it was a limited run anyways. Because Adelaide was a brunette. She's supposed to be a blonde. <laughs> so with this casting, I'm like, yes, please. Yeah, this is the cast me, we need to see on Broadway. That makes me excited. Um, and it's, it's such a classic. And to see that they are diversifying their cast... Guys and Dolls has always been one of my favorite classics. Yes. Always. It's such a fun show. And Guys and Dolls has such a big cast that diversity within that cast, no one notices it. No, because it almost makes sense. It almost makes sense. Because it's these gangs. Yes. You know, like it makes sense that they would be, you know, different. Yeah. Um, Even though for the time period it probably wouldn't be. No, for the time period... But I think, in a way, it still makes sense. Yes. So, I would be interested to see if anything comes of that. It may just be, like, one of those one and dones. You know, where it makes you think. Then we need to film it. Do Abby and I need to take a road trip to D.C.? Or they could film it. Or they could film it. Can you film it? Can you film it? For the gas prices right now, I don't think a road trip's (laughs) in the question. So, can we just film it, please? That would, that would Steven. No, nope, that's a moth. That's not a Steven. Um, Martha. Martha. Mothra. Mothra. Mothman. Mothra just dive bombed to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tony nominee Pat Carroll passed away. Oh. The voice of Ursula. Yeah. In the film. In the film. She was ninety five. She lived a good life. Yeah, that's fair. She lived a good life. That's fair. Oh. Uh, I just love that people, like, she would still do cons. 
and people would still ask her to do the body language line. The body language line. And I'm like, oh, my God. Um, So here's one that I wanted to (laughs) talk in person about. That's a weird picture. That one? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. What is that? So it's the Oscar-winning Western High Noon is coming to Broadway. High Noon? Like, based off the old movie, uh-huh. High Noon? As a play, not a musical. Let's, but, let's, like, based off, like, the yeah, old based Western, off the old High Western High movie. Yeah. Huh. Now, it's been several years since I have watched High Noon. I could probably call Peter right now and be like, hey, what can you tell us about High Noon? Because oh, he's probably watched it at no, least five times in the last We're already month. at, like, 45 minutes. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. I think it's interesting that somebody has decided to adapt this to, to well, the I mean, stage. We haven't seen like a old fashioned Western straight. No. Show. So, so it's something new. It's something new. I think it'll be very interesting to see how it translates to the stage. Yeah. Cause a lot of those old Westerns are very forced and very. Mothra. Is Mothra off, on me? Off Mothra. Um, I mean, if you've ever watched an old Western, a lot of the dialogue is very forced. But that's just the time. And it's the time period. So it's it'll always be, like that. It'll be interesting to see how they adapt this for it. Um, I think they should keep it and make it, com- com- like, comedic. They should do Mel- They should do Blazing Saddles. Oh, my God. Mel Brooks has already said there will not be a musical version of Blazing Saddles. Which is sad. But which I is think very sad. They should keep... That old Hollywood force line feel because I think it'd be funny. That would be funny. I think it would come across kind of comedic. That would be very funny. It would be real. I think that would just add to it if done correctly. So the big thing I kind of wanted to talk about. Oh, we haven't covered those yet. Okay. Is we've got another Broadway death fall coming. With a lot of shows getting ready to close. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Hansen come from away. Um, possibly Strangely. And I'm like... Yes, Strangely. I'm like, why in this time frame are they deciding to close? Like, right before the holidays, when people are going to be traveling and going to be going to see Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, come from away and... Jervin Hansen have not been in the top five when it comes to grosses and capacity for a while. Yeah. Jervin Hansen is right now because Gaten Matazaro from a Stra- from Stranger Things yeah, is, is, is in it, it right, right now. now yeah. But you know, they've they've played their time. They've yeah. had they've had six years on Broadway. Everybody still loves the shows, but it's it's they to both that point. still make me cry. Yeah. They it, they've both come to that point where it's like it's it's time right. to say goodbye. And I'm like, well, why do they choose this time period? And then I kind of realized on the way over here, and I was like, it's so that they can clean up the theaters, rearrange the theaters, build new sets, and open shows in the spring. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> because there there are a slew of shows that are supposed to be coming to Broadway in the spring. Yeah. We've talked about the 1776 revival that's coming. I don't care. I don't know. They've announced the no, full cast. No, I don't care. I don't care. It's not gender bending. That show is not going to save it. It's. I'm sorry. It's I, not going to. I understand that Broadway, the Broadway community, wants to embrace diversity. Wants to embrace everyone. Yeah, but that doesn't turn a good show bad. Like a bad show, good. Like. But. Taking a show like 1776, which isn't exactly favorable to certain groups of people. Everyone. He <laughs> means everyone. Casting it with all women, queer, or transgender actors, actresses, is not the way to do it. No, because it's just a badly written show. The way to do it is to find those playwrights in the middle of nowhere who have written the show that includes those actors because it's meant to. I'm just telling you, like the show itself is just bad. It wasn't bad because it was all men. It wasn't bad because of the people playing the parts. It was, it's a poorly written, put together show. Yes. 
and you gender bending or include it, you know, diversifying the show is not going to take that script and make it better. Yeah. I think this is taking that inclusivity thing to a level that it doesn't need to be at. Mothra. Mothra, get off the computer. Go ahead. Mothra, are you drunk? Mothra's a little little tipsy. Um, I, I think that's taking it a step too far. You know, if it was a show, one, that people liked, two, that included more than just two females and the rest men, you know, I and I, I've been, like, racking my brain since they – because they put out the full cast list the other what's, day. What's the straight show with, with the two guys that are roommates that are opposites and they, they did a show? The Odd Couple? Yes. Don't they have a female version of that? Yes. Like, that's a good example of gender bending a show or, like, when they did – they gender bend company. Yeah. That's another good, re- like, example. 1776 is not a good example. But, like – what I'm saying is, like, finding a show like, and I can't off the top of my head pick one, but if you want to go with the being inclusive thing, I think bringing back some of the classics and diversifying that cast. Like Guys and Dolls. Like Guys and Dolls. Like the tour of Oklahoma has a non-binary swing who goes on for Will Parker, Ado Annie, mm-hmm. all different. Yeah. And... They, the, their body is very feminine, but they are able to go between each role because that, that, that's how they, sorry, you know, that's how they feel about themselves is that is their, their gender fluid. They're non-binary. They're not one gender or the other. Toby, get Mothra. And, you know, those type of things, I think are what we need to see. Yeah. You know, we just had Oklahoma, which was very much more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying bring back all of the classics. Like, South Pacific, this won't work with, guys. No. <laughs> Flower Drum Song, this won't work with. No. You've got to have an Asian cast for that. Yeah. You, you, you've got to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, things like State Fair or Carousel mm-hmm. or even a new revival of Cinderella or even Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Things like that. Like, bring White Christmas back to Broadway with a completely diverse cast. Yeah. Because, yes, it might be set in the 50s, but no one cares because it's White fucking Christmas. Right. Exactly. So. What we're saying is there are better options than 1776. Much better options. Um, it's like y'all trying to gender bend Camelot. It would still fucking suck. Ugh. That's coming in the spring. Why? Why? Why are they picking these things? I don't know. I don't know. Like, as of right now, The Devil Wears Prada is still on the slate for the spring. We don't know what's going to happen with that since word on the street is that it's not. But that one is still strictly rumor. You know? I'm just saying. Like, y'all, I don't know who is in the selection process for this shit. But y'all need to reevaluate some things. I mean, just looking at the past. Can you? Oh, like I just had a, a, a thought. What about, what if they, like, gender bent Dear Evan Hansen? That would be interesting. That would be so interesting. That would be interesting. I think that's something they definitely would have to workshop and really work out. Oh, yeah. The to case. make sure it translated well. Yeah. Um, and, but, but the thing is, like, because of the society we live in now, right? Like, you don't have to gender bend every single role. And like with Dear Evan Hansen too, I think Ben Platt puts such a performance out there that everyone since has been trying to emulate that. No, I want someone to do it themselves. But, but knowing that what's the character... Jordan, what's his name? Jordan Fisher. Yeah, I liked his. I mean, it was still very much, you know... Reminiscent of Ben Platt. Yeah. Yes, it was still a little bit different, but I think looking at that character and being like, okay, he has autism, mm-hmm. but that can mean a plethora of things. Yeah. It doesn't just mean he's super shy around people. It doesn't mean he's just 
there are so many ways that role could be played. Yeah. So, like, I think now that it's closing, you know, there's still going to be a tour out there. It's going to become available for regional theaters first. Mm -hmm. I think some of these regional theaters need to look at it and go, what if we did something different with it? Yeah. Without changing the dialogue, without changing the songs. Yeah. And go, what if we made this choice instead? Yeah. Which, you can do that with a lot of shows. I'm not not just saying. Um, I mean, hell, Sweeney Todd, since we talked about that. Yeah. You could totally swap that up. Oh, yeah, that'd be really interesting. That would be very interesting. That'd be really, really interesting. But, I mean, just looking at the past ten years. Oh, my God, that makes, like, the whole Toby thing, like, even more sick. Yeah. So, looking at the past ten years... We've had more adaptations of film, television, books than we've had originals. Are you telling me nobody out there is writing original musicals? I don't think it's that no one's writing original musicals. I think it's there's a lot of competition in this industry. And to get your a brand new person name out there noticed and work to be produced. Is really, really hard. Yeah. Especially when you have producers that are like, oh, I recognize this. Yeah, let's go with this idea that I already know something about. Because they already know how audiences might react to yeah. that investment. They don't know with a brand new idea how it's going to go. Yeah. That's something, I mean, that could be a factor. I mean, which was always what was great about the Manhattan Theater Club is that they would do a lot of new works. Like, that's where Rent started. Like... It, it's you've got to find these new musicals and these writers who live in the middle of nowhere. I'm not just saying that because I'm a playwright in the middle of nowhere. Hint, hint. I mean, none of my stuff is Broadway worthy. Let's be honest. It could be. It could be. Backstage secrets could be. Divas um, could be. Divas could be. Divas could be. Yeah. Um, but surely somewhere out there. Someone has written a, a completely original musical with completely original music that is good enough for Broadway or is good enough to workshop to Broadway. Yeah. Like, it, it's just a matter of, you know, going out there and finding it. You know, when when Broadway started, essentially there was already a community yeah. of composers, of things like that, that were making music for vaudeville and making music for, you know, talkies as they started. And so their names were getting out there. And then, you know, they started collabing Rodgers and Hammerstein, Lerner and Lowe, mm-hmm. and creating these musicals. Yep. You know, somewhere out there, there are two people who look at a fucking corkboard in the backyard and move <laughs> scenes around <laughs> for shows. Straight shows. Straight shows. They don't do music. And create art. And that's what it is. Like, I understand that brought the, to put on a Broadway show is fucking expensive. And it's hard. It's really hard. But getting from point A where someone has put it on paper and recorded some of their songs on their iPhone and going to a full production of it at their local community theater because they know somebody mm-hmm. to then being like, this is really good. Audiences really liked it. Like, what do I do next? It ends there a lot of times. Yeah. Because they don't know what to do. And there's nobody there to tell them what to do. Yeah. Like, I think people in the Broadway community should be on the lookout for these type of things. Yeah, I agree. Follow the community theaters on Facebook and Twitter and everything else and see what they're doing. Yeah. And if it's something that they're like, oh, it's a world premiere original music musical by so-and-so, send somebody to go see it. See if it's worth Maybe pulling because I, 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 we're, we're losing original. Oh, I completely agree. And, you know, I'm not saying that these adaptations aren't great. Beetlejuice, Hamilton, you know, they're good. They are Broadway worthy. But at the same time, we saw the movie. We read the book. We watched the show. Why are we going to go see it again as musical? Now, mind you, Beetlejuice is different. I'm biased. So let's just be honest there. Um, but yeah, I, that's, I'm, I'm going to get off the soapbox. Okay. 
Miguel Subbox on that one. Um, we've kind of been going through with some of the Broadway news. There's not a whole lot. Um, so, I think you got anything for Rec Room? I've been binging Rosalian Isles again. <laughs> on? HBO Max. There we go. There we go. And First Wives Club is on there, too. Yes. Uh, Only Murders in the Building new season is, yep. is streaming every Tuesday. Um, yep. It's really good so far. Abby's not going to watch it until it's all on there, so she can binge it. That's how that's I watch things does. now. I have to binge it. Yes. Because, like, I can't. I got to No, I can't. I can't do it. Like the I get way, so, like, sucked in. I got to just watch it. Like, the way this week's episode ended, I'm like, I fucking should have waited till Monday to watch this so that I could watch the next one the next day. But, I can't do that. I just, um, I'll just wait till it's over. Yeah. <laughs> but I like um, Rizzoli Isles. It's a good show. think if there's anything I And what I respect about it is the fact that I respect two big things with it, right? Besides the fact that it's fucking hilarious and they do a great job. One, they had an actor pass away in the middle of their series. And they didn't try to recast him. They didn't try to... Just write him off. Write him off. Like, he disappeared. They acknowledged the death, and they even have a few episodes after showing the grieving process with the other characters in the show. Yes. And they still reference him throughout the last two, three seasons after he dies. Yes. Like, he's still a part of the finale. Yeah. And then that's the second thing, is that they ended it by ending it... Like, everyone went their separate ways, or moving on to new things, and, or retiring, or something. Like, there was, like, an actual bookend ending to the series, and they did it, they didn't try and keep it going and have it die. They ended it on a good note, a high note, and that's why I keep going to keep watching it over and over and over again. And it's, it's one of those shows, you know, it's... Based on a book series by Tess Garretton, the books are really difficult to get into. Fucker? It's on your... Up there. There you go. Got it. Um, that's stuck in my beard for a second. Um, <laughs> it's almost in your mouth. The, the, I've read some of the books, and, and you've got to be a reader to read these books, because there's a lot going on. Because it's about a medical examiner and a police officer. So there's lots of terminology. There's yeah. lots of action. Have you ever seen the show... Terminology is all the medical examiners. Yes. Now, <laughs> would I be mad if they did a reunion movie? No. And show us where not. everybody's at now? Like, no. Oh my god, no. that'd be amazing. Um, I'd be so excited. Please but do it. I don't think anybody's going to go the way of Psych and keep creating these movies when it's just like, I just, just give us a new season. I just want the one. I just need the one. I just yeah. need one for Rizzoli and I'll. Yeah. Just, just to see where they're at. Um. I haven't really been binging anything. Uh, I've been watching old seasons of Big Brother, but that's about it. Nobody cares. It's, it's fine. Um, I did just finish a new book, audiobook, because according to Kat, it's not the same. <laughs> uh, it's called A Little Bit Country by, I'm going to make sure I get his name right, Brian D. Kennedy. It's a gay love story. Oh. Which I knew going into it because I followed the author on TikTok. Um, but I thought it was an interesting concept of two high school-aged boys meeting at a amusement park a la Dollywood um, <laughs> and falling for each other, one of whom is not out because he lives in a small town in Tennessee. The other one is from Chicago, so he's out and proud. And just kind of seeing – it's the debut novel from this author. It's really well written. And it was even like, oh, I, I I get this. Like, the the way, especially the one who is not out. Mm-hmm. The way his story weaves, mm-hmm. where he's like, I really want to be with him, but I can't because of this and that and the other. And then the backstory with Wanda, who owns the amusement park, uh-huh. and how she plays into everything. You know, she's she's the Chicago kid's idol you know that's why he wants to be a country star and he goes to work at wonder world as in part one of the shows like it's very dollywood right that's what I was like, <laughs> it's very dollywood but i it was really well written and for a debut novel like bravo like 
I even when it ended, I was like, huh, I wonder what's next for them. Because yeah. they gotta go back to school because it's the end of summer. Yeah. Like what's next? Like why am I invested in this fictional, you know, gay high school couple and you know, this guy's coming out story? What the hell? <laughs> it's like this is really real really well written. So I, I slid into the author's DM to tell him my thoughts and that I had finished it and he was very appreciative and all that. So oh, that's good. that was very very fun, but that's that's pretty much all I've had. I mean, other than than going to the hospital last yeah. week, and, yep, 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 and that. So um, life's just been kind of crazy. You haven't heard from us in a while. Um, Abby's son is in kindergarten now, guys. I know. She ugly cried yesterday. I did. <laughs> I tried not to. I tried not to. And then I rubbed it in Cat's face. <laughs> you know she was going to come over here in the morning. Yeah, she she yeah. Facetimed me. And she forgot she had to go into work earlier. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, we will have more like formulated episodes coming soon. Hopefully. As as the weather starts to cool, you know, nobody else ends up in the hospital, um, or gets married or anything like that. I mean, your sister's getting married, but. Well, not for a while. Other than that. Oh, that's also going to be a destination wedding apparently. Oh God. Super fun. Oh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. I'll come crash it. (laughs) Crash it. Uh. But all right, yeah, that's all we got for tonight. So see you next time. I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. Bye. Oh, that's when I say see you next time. I'm so tired right now. That's where that just happened. Okay, bye. <laughs>